Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Delighted to say once again, I'm joined by my friend, Matt. How are you getting on, Sam? You all right? Yeah, mate, and you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it could have been a lot worse going into the international break, couldn't it? So, um, it, it, it's I know we're gonna I know we're gonna discuss it, obviously, but it, it's one of those things where at the beginning of the game, I would have taken a draw at half time. I would have taken anything, but you know, it had to be a win. So, you know, yeah. it's it could have been worse. If if we'd have lost, then it would have been real doom and gloom for this international break, couldn't it? Yeah, well, international breaks always suck anyway. Especially <laughs> this first one. It's like the football season comes back. You kind of just sort of start getting back into it. You can see all the players are starting to find their rhythm. And then they all bugger off for these games. It's like, oh, really? I know, yeah. Just, just when you're in the mood for it again. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, you know, to have World Cups, which I enjoy, and have European Championships, which I enjoy. You've got to qualify, but ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's right on my nerves. Uh, but yeah, especially if someone gets injured, because our injury record has just been atrocious for a while now. Yeah. And in theory, and I love saying in theory, if everyone comes back from international duty okay, the players that have left behind are all apparently on track to be okay, we will have a fully fit squad when everyone comes back. Wow. So now I'm just expecting to see, oh, Toby's broken both his legs in a freak accident with Jan who broke his arms, <laughs> you know. You can just sense it. It's just like yeah, I know. something's going to happen. But yeah, we'll have a fully fit squad, which uh, which will help. Without a shadow of a doubt, it will help. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've only got to look at the first few games and we've, we've missed key players and we haven't, we haven't had to be be able to play mm. our signings for new signings, have we? For most yeah. of it, I know. Um, Ndombele played a couple of games, but Sessegnon hasn't yep. been able to play yet, as he in Lacelso. No, no, not yet. Lacelso is coming coming on. It's it's not so much an injury thing with him. It's just his kind of fitness, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. He um he played the Copa America and then returned to Betis and uh, basically just didn't have a preseason because they knew they were selling him. Um, I think he ended up doing two days with them, and then we we brought him over. So he he just needs to keep working. I often always say as well, there's there's match fit, you know, there's or there's preseason fit, there's match fit, and then there's Mauricio Pochettino. Absolutely, yeah. Fit is <laughs> sort of here's the here's the level, everybody. I think Undumbele's kind of learning that at the moment. Oh, completely. He, yeah, yeah. He, he has the face of a man that's kind of like. I'm not getting paid enough. What, for this. what have I let myself in for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I signed that deal with all that money, I thought, "Hey, this is good." Then I, was, then this guy told me what I had to do. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, it's funny though because you you see the players and you have this kind of overall reaction of like, "Oh, it's hell, it's torture." But then someone's like, "Oh, but is it worth it?" And they all like, "Hell yeah, 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 yeah absolutely." <laughs> um, yeah. So it's interesting, you know. And I get it when I. But back in my day, he says, like an old man. Um, I was playing rugby. I I hated preseason, man. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. Like because I was I was fairly young, and all of my friends. Like, I was a teenager, and I got signed to this contract, and all of my friends were like going out. 
barbecues, pool parties, all of this stuff, all through the summer. And they'd be like, oh, are you coming to, like, this girl's house? You know, we're all going to be having a party. And I'd be like, no, i got to run to a swimming pool and oh, swim 400 laps and then run back and then... You're never gonna, you're never to gonna eat. get that youth back as well, sir, mate. <laughs> no, I know. And then, and then I, then I got eat a banana oh, on its own. On its own. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with eating a banana then, on its own? <laughs> oh, mate, it, it was like mad. And the funny thing is, I mean, I loved. You know, I'm, I'm sort of saying that, but I hated preseason, dude. I mean, like, I'd have like two weeks where I could basically do what I wanted. And I think this is where I went wrong. I think because those two weeks, I just went. Bat shit. <laughs> yeah. like, come on, bring it on. I am going to 10 parties a day. I am doing everything I can for these two weeks. And then I'd like get back afterwards and be like, you put on a stone in two weeks? How did you do that? I mean, I'm 36 now. I can do that really easily. Oh, absolutely. But back when I was a teenager, that took effort. I've just got, I've just <laughs> got to look at a KFC and I put on a stone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but as a teenager, it took yeah, that took some dedication to drive through fast food restaurants. I can tell you. Oh man! But yeah, man, it was mental. And so when I see like players and they're sort of like talking about preseason, I see them dying. I I do have that kind of like little bit of a flashback and think, yeah. Do, do you know? Rather you than you, me. Yeah. No. <laughs> do you know what though, Sam? Thinking about it, I mean, it must be different, surely, to what it was like, let's say, twenty years ago. Because oh yeah, the, cu- be, the, yeah. the culture. You know, I know. Yeah. It's going to be talking about our horrible rivals, rivals, but it's always a story that I remember that sort of sticks in my mind about how much you've changed. Oh, Wenger! Yes, Arsenal. absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, and 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 how it was, and as much as we, you know, we 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 don't want to put any praise on the guy, he he did change the culture of of yeah of, English, yeah, football, absolutely, really. yeah, he did, yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. I mean, like, my my thing was with rugby, obviously, and so I can only really talk to that to a, to a degree. But I remember I I kind of got signed just as the game went from amateur to professional. Mm. So uh, there were a lot of senior players and coaches, for that matter who were just entrenched in the amateur ethos of rugby. Mm. So their idea of like training the 18-year-olds was, okay, right, you're going to run to the end of the pitch, you're going to run back, then we're going to go into the bar and have a couple of pints, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do that, then we're going to go and, you know, so-and-so's going to get his ass out. And you're, and you're kind of like, this is supposed to be a professional rugby club. You know, I've signed a contract, you're going to pay me. <laughs> What the hell? And then just gradually over time, you know, that changed. A fair few of people I trained with, now showing my age, are now coaches. <laughs> God, that's depressing. Um, but but the world's so different. You know, they're like youth coaching in rugby now, which I know football is even more advanced of it. Uh, you know, you're looking at analytics. Like, um, so for example, I remember doing a beep test. Do you remember the beep test? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were horrible. Oh, they? Yeah, yeah that, that was hell. Yeah. But that was kind of fitness analytics for our our day if you mm. like now they've got teenagers like these kids coming through they're wearing these electronic vests that cover <laughs> that like monitor their heart rate perspiration levels so it's like oh yeah uh number four you need to drink a little bit of water because you're going to black out in five minutes uh oh you over there your heart rate's really high you need to see a doctor <laughs> you know it's like what <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I mean the game just moves on. I don't know, like football again is is even more ahead of that because football's been professional for so much longer than Absolutely. rugby. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it is funny though because even though football's been professional that much longer, that story about Wenger and you know coming into Arsenal and the still really amateur 
amateur hour of the way you know think how much money these guys were being paid yeah sure you know we're talking about Merson and Adams and that kind of team and they were all just drinking yeah. every night they was down the pub weren't they after the training <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah. it wasn't just Arsenal yeah. that was that's what I'm saying it's the culture happened. in the Premier League wasn't it and I, yeah, and I, and yeah. I remember we my sort of earliest memory really of the culture changing was uh, I remember there, uh, one of the newspapers printed a picture of um, Cristiano Ronaldo with uh, two or three teammates at Manchester United and there's he's sitting yeah. with his, he's sitting there with a glass of water and they've all got a pint on the table yeah, you know yeah, and just... but now you wouldn't you'd, you'd never see a, can you imagine seeing a picture of Harry Kane sitting in the pub with a pint in his hand uh, <laughs> well well it's funny as well because like you know you're talking about times moved on i remember um a picture shared of like jimmy greaves etc in the changing rooms mm. after we don't know like half time and one of them's got like a, a tea like a cup of tea on a saucer <laughs> But they've all got a fag in their hand. <laughs> you know, like like half time half time cigarette. Half time yeah, fag, yeah, I love it. Definitely... <laughs> you just can't imagine, you know, now you well, one, you'd have absolute uproar. Oh, you know, all the impressionable children. Yeah, sure, <laughs> you know? sure. Um but yeah, yeah, culture changes, things change, we know that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't like giving the guy credit at all, but he, yeah. you've got to kind of say he, he did changed, change he did the, culture the culture massively in English football and yeah, no, thanks. thanks <laughs> Do you know what, yeah. Sam? Before we go any further as well, we've got to deal with the big elephant in the room, haven't we? Uh, that's no way to talk about my accent. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've been told that you're not allowed to sport Spurs because of your accent. Oh, that <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, right, uh, nine minutes, 33. Make sure that gets a bleep. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, yes. I, I, we've, uh, From a fan of the podcast... <laughs> Um, someone who who listens. Uh, thank you for listening, by the way, because I'm sure you're probably listening this week to see if I mentioned. If you called it. him a, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, and I've called you a beep because when I go back and edit it, you're not going to know what I called you. But um, yeah, so I, I get a message, um, and we, I do get a few emails. By the way, I think I I wrote it on the iTunes thing, like you know, get in touch with the show if you've got any suggestions or thoughts. I'm regretting it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently I'm a carrot cruncher, which it's a little bit rude. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's a bit derogatory. You know, pi- pirate slash farmer. All right, dude, chill out. <laughs> carrot cruncher, what the hell? Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't have a right to an opinion on Tottenham because clearly I've, I'm not from London. I don't know why he's saying that, mate. Oi, I don't know where he's going from. Do you think he's do you think he's specifically London though, or have you got to come from Tottenham to become a, to be a Tottenham fan? Do you think? I think you have to be born within White Hart Lane. Right. Okay. I, I think. I think basically uh, you have to be. Uh, so a lady has to be impregnated in White Hart Lane right. uh, and born within the stadium. Otherwise, you, you're not plastic, allowed any. Clearly, you're allowed to support yeah. the team. You're allowed to have any opinions on Spurs unless no, you were God, born. No, God, no. I mean, I, I, no. My, my dad was uh, born and brought up in Edmonton, but does that mean I'm not? Yeah. I'm not allowed to be a Spurs fan then, or? Ah, uh, mate, I'm sorry. Uh, do you know what? I don't think he'd have a problem with you because right. you know you you don't have the. Uh, I'm not a carrot cruncher. <laughs> carrot cruncher accent. Um, what the hell do I know about football? Being a Bristol boy. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's fair. <laughs> you know, all right, dude, easy, oh. but fair enough. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So th- that's that's my first hate mail. Yeah, really. I, 
That's that's rude. But it does. It I, mean, does I, I, I was going to say, Sam. It does mean none of the admins can support Spurs either, as well, because uh, it does. It does. Uh, Dan is. I uh, see. I always say he's from Hull. He's not. He's from. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I was. Just, yes, screw it. He's from a place called Beverly. Um, so if anyone's listening, you're from there. Uh, I'll, I'll just message me, email. I'll give you his address. Pop rank, you'd like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Up that that part of the world. Up tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah bye, Ek. Yeah, bring your ferret. Um, but yeah. So and and uh, lovely Laura um, can be found dancing in some of the more reputable pole dancing establishments in Bournemouth. Mm. So yeah, I um. I, I I don't know. Perhaps we're not. Perhaps Laura would be allowed. I mean, the fact she's a pole dancer. Mm. Um, perhaps she is allowed to be a Spurs fan because, you know, for obvious reasons. Unless uh, she, you... unless she does pole dancing while crunching carrots, then that that kind of. Uh... Yeah, that's a big no. <laughs> that that to this guy that yeah, yeah no um yeah I've, I've, you know Laura doesn't have a uh, West Country accent, so I think he would approve of her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, if you want to get in touch and know which clubs and which shifts she's working on a week by week basis, drop me an email. I'll let you know. Um, that's making me popular. Do you know what? I don't. I don't think she listened a couple of weeks ago because I made that joke and she didn't say anything. No. And, and I, so I'm. I'm going to gradually get worse again and just see if she's listening until you get a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we first started this, you remember I started giving out her number. <laughs> I started. Okay, so it's oh seven. Next week, I'll give you the next two. Um, she shut that shit down pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my my assumption that she wasn't listening was destroyed rapidly <laughs> within thirty seconds of the podcast going live. I had a message. So yeah, no no messing about. Um, but I, I want to start this podcast off by the way. Um, so I'm glad you brought that uh, feedback up because. We do want to get some feedback on the podcast again. Um, this is purely selfish, okay, everybody? So if you're listening, I'm not going to lie. Um, we want to try and push the podcast up on the iTunes chart if we can. And one of the ways we can do that is with reviews. Um, I know a lot of people listen via different means, so apologies if, if this you know you're not an Apple user, etc., and this is going to be a bit boring. But we want to try and get some reviews. So we want to get some five-star reviews, uh, some comments on there like, yay, I don't know. The carrot cruncher knows what he's talking about. Leave him alone. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, Be nice. Stick up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Stick up for me. Yeah, yeah. Call me a pirate, please. It's, it's far cooler. Uh, but yeah, we want to try and get some reviews. So if you've got and. It used to be, and I mean this, it used to be, because when we first started the podcast, I wrote the very first review of us. Um, I, I was really down on us now, <laughs> um, because I, I've i never done it before. This is our, you know, our first podcast. Um, I wanted to see what impact that would be. I mean, I'm quite naive. I kind of thought, yeah, I've written a review. We're going to be in the charts now. No, <laughs> mm. that's not how it works. Um, but basically, uh, uh, it took ages. It kept coming back like, oh, you need to select a username. Oh, no, that username's taken. That username's taken. I think I ended up with like Sam Billy Bob 23 Aeroplane underscore Yoohoo or something like that. I was going to say, it, it, was, it wasn't Carrot Cruncher Double O, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> go with uh, that, mate. I put even... thought of that one. <laughs> I'm starting to think you sent that email. I'm just just putting it out there. So I'm really starting to think that. But um, yeah, so basically, if you've got the chance, it is really easy now. Um, you go into the iTunes or the uh, podcast app um, and just simple, leave a review. Um, it Say write a review or give a star rating. Go to write a review, then you can do both. Uh, just write something in there that's pleasant. Uh, 
Five stars, please. Four stars if you have to. If you're going to give us three, two, or one star, don't, don't bother. bother. Don't Move bother. on with your day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we've had a one star rating. We've had a two star rating, and we've had a three star rating. Everyone else is at five stars, except for two at four. Not that I'm obsessed with that. What did What did the dude I, that uh, called you a carrot cruncher? What did he get? What how many stars did he give us? Uh, I don't know. Half a star. Half a star. <laughs> I think, which is along with his IQ. But the funny the thing is, that what I don't get is, we have um, a different host for podcasts, and some people listening to this might understand what that means, but basically you get data, um, and I changed our podcast host for season two. Um, the main reason why I did that is because the analytics for these other people, and it's free, by the way, so, you know, <laughs> there's the real reason. <laughs> Daniel Levy, apprentice over here. Um, but the analytics were a lot better. It gives me that little bit more detail on uh, people listening. So, whereas in the past, I'd be able to tell uh, this, you know, a person in Bristol, for example, listened to the show. Uh, but basically, all that would tell me is that they listened to at least 40 minutes of the show. Because if they didn't listen to that long, it wouldn't register as a as a listen. Mm. Um, and then I'd have all sorts of other things like, so So if one person listened to 20 minutes and then came back and listened to the rest, you know, bit and bit, it'd tell you that as well. The new data is like nuts. Like, I can now tell if people pause it, come wow. back to it. You know, I, I can see uh, if people switch off at a particular minute. Um, like, so, for example, if we're talking about a bad defeat. Like, last week, you insisted talking about Newcastle. Ten people switched off. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> oh, no, you're kidding. Uh, yeah. So, now they did come back, but it is funny. I can isolate to the minute when people go, nope, not going to listen interested. to that. I don't... <laughs> I need a few days off before I listen to that. And they did come back and finish the show. That's but brilliant. clearly at the time they went, no, 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 can't. It's too no. raw at the moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's funny. So, yeah, I've got that kind of information. But the funny thing is also it gives me that little bit more. Um, uh, so, like, this person listened in uh, this city, this city, this city. And you can kind of, like, track. I, I obviously don't know who these people are. I don't have, like, hey, Jeff Smith from this place, you know, number 10 Wick Road. <laughs> it's like, oh, hello, Jeff. Um, yeah, I can't do that. It's, it's literally sort of uh, dots on a graph that says this this pin listened in this part of the world. So it doesn't tell you like um, if it, it doesn't say they had a break, and it doesn't tell you why they had a break, like to go to the toilet or to have a cup of tea. No, That's no, not no, on no. There. I, uh, no um, but once I've finished installing all the cameras, I should <laughs> I should know what people are up to. Uh, yeah, so so I've, I've I've become a little bit obsessed with it um, because we've got one listener. And this person's going to know who they are now because literally we have one listener in Hong Kong. Wow. And that person in Hong Kong in the summer, so during, you know, our off time, listened to all 50 shows from last season and has now listened to our new shows live each week. That's insane. That is truly insane. So it's it's a Hong Kong Spurs fan. Hello. You're going to know who you are because you are listening and you are literally the one. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, hi, tell a friend. Come on, build the audience, <laughs> yeah, guys. Exactly. Um, or lady. Hong Kong's know. a big place. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> but there ain't nothing else going on there at the moment. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah it's a few um, protests, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God. We think Brexit is bad. Oh, you will see what's going yeah. on with those boards. Yeah. But, yeah, so, so generally, a uh, massive thank you. But I've become a little bit obsessed because I literally can narrow this. You know, there's literally one person. Um I can, I can narrow this to the point of I know that this person listens to us uh, late at night, their time. <laughs> so 
clearly, you know, perhaps it's bedtime listening or something like that, which does leave me in this awkward position now I have that power where I do feel like towards the end of the podcast I should shout or something, just wake the bastards up. Well, I, th- I think because, like, his de- the dedication to li- listen to 50 episodes during the summer break, yeah. I think we should yeah. end the podcast by giving him a soothe, or say him, it might be a her, give them a soothing message, yeah. you know, like, close your um, eyes. Yeah. And- you know, nice. I, yeah, I, I did. I did sort of look up online, thinking, well, maybe I could find, um, you know, some native language, a way of saying, you know, signing off this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I can barely speak English. That <laughs> yeah. was a stupid idea. I you, don't know. you carrot crunches. There's no point even trying a Hong Kong. It. <laughs> See, you're you're enjoying that. Far too, I, I, you sent that email. I'm going to trace the email. I will find out if it was you. Um, well, those analytics yeah, so, you got, mate. I would be surprised. <laughs> oh, I, you probably know which room I'd send it in. <laughs> I know you sit in your pants far too much. I know that, but no, I joke. I joke. The only person's got a camera and they've got to worry about is Laura. She knows it. Um, so uh, maybe Dan. Um, uh, I uh, yeah. So uh, if people could go and write the way back to it, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, taking their time just to give us a review because it might give us a bit of a bump and we'll just see where we go. But uh, numbers-wise, we're doing great. Um, Considering it's just me and you chatting about Tottenham uh, with no real celebrities. Um, I know Dan has come on here a few times, but um, Laura refuses. I mean, Laura would be a big draw. That would be. I mean, having a a real-life pole dancer doing the podcast. And I've said it it before with Laura as well, but she's got an amazing voice. She would be brilliant she would be so good on it yeah yeah she would yeah Yeah. to be honest with you i kind of don't want her to do it people would want her not us yeah yeah well they they definitely kick me off i mean they they, you know get rid of the carrot guy bring on the sexy lady yeah (laughs) um but the other thing as well um i put on the facebook page uh this week we are going to do a shirt giveaway um i actually have one home one away and one third shirt to give away. I love that third kit, by the way. It, I really like it. It's sexy. Yeah, you can you can enter if you want, but if you win, people are going to call bull. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, and the winner is Matarina. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah um, but yeah, so uh, I have one of each to give away. Um, I can't tell you where I got them from. Because he works for the club and he said, don't tell people where you got them from. So I'm not allowed. <laughs> but I have one of each. So we're going to do a giveaway. I can't make my mind up how we're going to do it. The last time we did a shirt giveaway on the podcast, we literally did it for people leaving reviews. But so many people listen on uh, Spotify and other devices now rather than just Apple. It, it seems a little bit harsh to do that. So we're kind of disqualifying a good couple of hundred people listening. So... We're going to try and come up with a way of doing it. I, I did put that we'd start the giveaway this week, but at the moment I can't think of a good way of doing it. So get in touch. Here you go. I'm going to give it to you guys. Sam at spursnews.co.uk. Uh, start your email with the title, Hey Carrot Cruncher. <laughs> and uh, give me some suggestions. How do you think we should give away these shirts? One home, one away, one of the third. Uh, men's or women's sizes or kids. So if you're thinking of winning one you know, for the little one, or the missus, or the boyfriend, then let us know. Oh, that's the other thing I get on the demographics. I get a breakdown of men and women listening to us. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but only for Apple. So anyone who uses other devices, I can't tell. Um, but yeah, for, for Apple, anyone listening via Apple, I get a breakdown of men and women. I can't tell, you know, a man in Bristol's listening, or a woman, wherever is listening. 
um, but I get a breakdown like of the 400, 500 listeners you had on this show on this day, X amount were men, X amount were women. Oh, okay. Do you know? And at least four were undecided. Oh, okay. It's, it's fascinating, <laughs> though, isn't it? He's absolutely fascinating. Oh, I, I'd become addicted to it. I, I'm a nightmare. I, I have to actually stop because last week I was. I think I sent you the numbers, just saying like, yeah. I'm really happy with where we are with this. Um, but I spent a good hour, and then I suddenly. I mean, it was like late at night, and I suddenly I thought, well, I'm going to read through this. And I said an hour. It was ages. I got to midnight and I thought, why am I so knackered? Oh, hell, I've been reading this for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got to stop. Uh, <laughs> do, do you know what? I, I just had a thought as well, Sam. I don't know if we could ever make this work, work and whether yeah. it would work on a podcast. But did you no. say there was three three different platforms, the big platforms that people listen to on? Um... Uh, for, for listening to us, our, our main one's Apple, Apple Podcasts. Mm. Uh, the second biggest one for us is Spotify. Um, and then uh, the third one is Stitcher, which a lot of people listen to us via their uh, Amazon device, sure. you know, Alexa, Echo, I think. Yeah, sure. But I was thinking, if we could have a have a way of having one person from each um, yeah each kind of div- uh, w- w- platform, yeah, and possibly doing some kind of live quiz on the podcast with them calling in. Make them fight. Yeah. Oh, Chris, no, but sorry, just yeah. just like you know, you hear. I don't know. Again, it didn't, yeah. I know it works on radio, and I don't know if it it would work on the podcast. But having well, having one where we we basically do a quiz and see who is the who has the like, and not asking completely utterly obscure obscure questions, but asking them questions that only yeah. a true Spurs fan would know the answer to. Uh, so not me then. No, you, I'm a mate. You, you, yeah, I, I'm... Listen, you you win it hands down. Like you know, I say that all the time. <laughs> but you've you've got the knowledge, mate. You know, I I, yeah. I I just bring the stories. You're the one that brings the knowledge to the to the podcast. Well, well, I'm I'm glad you're here because you bring the accent that we need. Exactly. Bit of London we, without without you. I'll I tell you what. I put it on Twitter earlier on that, that we I'd had this email because I thought it was funny. And there's a guy I know. Uh, he's called the Spurs poet, and he does listen. So hopefully you're listening this week. Um, a great guy. He's got a Facebook page, Twitter. He he does stuff throughout the season. He's brilliant. But he also gets involved in the Legends evenings. Uh, he's friends with a lot of former players now because he's organised these events. Uh, he lives in. He's from Ireland. The guy to watch a home game travels from Ireland on a regular basis. Wow. And yet he kind of said, yeah, I've had this. He said, actually, at a game, I was cheering something on and I got told that I was taking a seat from a real fan. Oh, you're kidding. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking... That guy travels from Ireland. Yeah, you know his yeah. dedication is beyond reproach. What, what, and some idiot who's fallen out of bed at the road <laughs> thinks, "Oh, yeah, you're taking, oh, you're taking that seat from a real fan." It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. My, yeah, my, my, he, he got up at four in the morning to get her. You ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my brother, uh, one of my brothers, has moved to uh, to 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 Lytham, which is uh, about twenty minutes away from Blackpool. And uh, yeah, he's yeah. obviously a massive Spurs fan, like all of us. But he's been living there for sort of three or four years. And last season, he said he was walking his dog and randomly walked past this guy that had a Spurs shirt on and they start, struck mm-hmm. up a conversation, both being Spurs fans. As, as you do. As yeah. you do. Anyway, as it transpired, this guy goes to a lot of games and he's managed to get my brother tickets to, to games. I mean, I think he went to the, oh, he nice. went to the Arsenal game. But this, but one of, one of the group, he, he lives, so you imagine he lives in Lytham, which is a good four and a half hours away from from, yeah, from London. Yeah. He, I don't think he's missed a game. Apparently, my brother told me since nineteen eighty two. You know, so oh mate, I mean that's know. phenomenal. Yeah. I, I mean that's what 
that's beyond dedication. Exactly. And that's what makes me laugh. Is what genuinely makes me laugh is like someone in Tottenham is kind of like questioning that person as a fan. It's just mad. To <laughs> yeah, me. yeah. And, how, like, and, and oh, you wonder how many yeah. games this guy's actually gone to. You know, it, it yeah, doesn't matter well, where you it. live, I, does it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's funny. Yeah, bloody plastic fans <laughs> traveling, traveling nine hour round trip yeah. to watch a game of football. Oh, what do they think they are taking seats from real fans? <laughs> yeah, bloody hell, mad. It is a mad world. But, um, I, I mean, we need to talk about it. We need to have a chat about the North London derby. Yeah. Um, uh, is it? It's a strange one because I felt that we started the game quite well. Mm. Um, going into the game, there, there was one team very much in form, uh, the Scum, and there was us coming off the back of that Newcastle game and a bit of a stuttering start. You know, we got the point at Man City, but we certainly didn't play well. Mm. Um, mm. So it, it kind of felt, uh, you know, with the injury as well, I, I'd have felt a million times better with Undombele playing. I'd have felt our game would have been lifted a notch. Without him, I was a little bit nervous. Um, the right-back situation, when I saw Sanchez was starting it right-back, um, I put a massive positive spin on that for Dan in our group chat. Uh, but I didn't believe a word I was saying. <laughs> so I was kind of like, yeah, you know, he's fast, he's powerful. Oh, this is going to be genius. And I was just like, this is awful. This is going to be so bad. Um, so, yeah, I thought we started okay. Um, uh, I thought the goal uh, was deserved, you know, when we took the lead. I thought um, the thing I really liked about the goal is Ericsson's desire to get in there. Mm. Because given everything that's gone on with all the crap this summer and... I, I'm I'm going to say this, and I do genuinely believe it, whether it's true or not. I felt he danged tools last season. I felt he completely took his foot off the pedal and didn't do all the things which makes him such a great player, in my opinion. Against Arsenal, I saw that again. I saw him close people down, relentlessly press from the front. I saw him break his neck to get into the box to, to score that goal. And in the 90-something minute, I saw him break his neck again to try and get up with play because we had a chance. Mm. The chance fell to Sissoko, and mm. yeah, that's all she wrote. So <laughs> um, I was impressed with that. Uh, the penalty was obviously a penalty. Um, yeah, Sonny got taken out. I don't even think Gooners are arguing about that. I think they were more just looking at their play and going, why? I can't believe he... Why did you do that? Yeah, but I can't believe he didn't even get a yellow for that, did he, that tackle? Well, this is the thing I was going to come on to. I, I think my only real gripe, I mean, we'll come on to, you know, Arsenal coming back in the game, but my only real massive gripe from the game is I felt that the game would have been different if the referee had actually shown some testicles and booked players. Mm, mm. Um, I, I get when it's a derby, I think referees are always kind of, oh, if you book someone in a derby, you know, you know, we could end up with red cards, etc. But there, there's also an element of protecting the players and protecting the team. Like, that challenge on Sun is a penalty, and it is a booking. Hmm. You know, that challenge, the, the studs were up. There's an argument to say it could have been a straight red. I think a straight red would have been harsh. I think a yellow and a penalty going against him. Because Sonny, you know, banks back up. Hmm. Uh, but it should have been a booking. I don't think Gooners would disagree with us. I think they'd look at that and go, yeah, the other way round, we'd be saying the same thing. So, but there were a lot of challenges. I mean, uh, I'm not quite sure how to say his name. Is it Zaki? Jackie, Jacko, isn't it or something? Yeah. yeah, that that twat womble. Um, I don't know how many fouls that guy has to commit before he gets given a yellow, and it's not just against us. I've seen him do it in countless games. It's like 
I don't know, perhaps he has pictures of all the referees at some convention spanking each other's asses or something and they don't want to book him or send him off. But, I mean, genuinely, the guy just commits fouls constantly. And even even the commentators, I think Martin Tyler picked up on it and said, well, that's his seventh uh, or something like that. It was his seventh in the first half and then it was like the ninth before he got booked. Mm. I mean, I get that some fouls are... You know, just silly, whatever. You know, yeah, it's a little. He's just a little bit late. But nine, you know, you see referees all the time going, "Oh, you did that there, you did that there." So now you're getting booked. And when I see a Tottenham player get booked for like their first challenge, you know, sort of thing, I think Sanchez got booked for like nothing. And I'm kind of looking at it and I'm thinking, I don't understand this. Yeah. Why is that guy walking around with purity? But it kind of happens a little bit. It kind of happens, and I know. Uh, there's a counter argument to this around Harry Kane. There seems to be a real belief that Harry Kane's a diver, and there's a real belief that Harry Kane gets protected because he's the England captain. Mm, mm. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate on this. Now, Kane does go down in the box to try and win a penalty at the end. If the referee doesn't give a penalty in that instance, then the referee is saying that Kane's dived because you know. That's the situation. Kane has got his body across the player, and the player's gone into him, and Kane's fallen forward. So why isn't the referee booking him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it should be yellow card for Kane, shouldn't it? You're right. Yeah, and and that's kind of like I'm like, well, the referee therefore is saying that he doesn't think Kane's dived, but then he also doesn't think it's a foul. Mm. But how could it? You know, it's kind of in those situations, especially like that. It's it's one or the other because. Either the player's gone through him and knocked him over, which is a foul, you know, that's that's just the net that is the game. He has literally gone into him before Kane can get the ball away or a shot. That's a foul. Or Kane is like felt the guy breathe on him and gone, ah you know, and hit the deck. Mm. Um you know, trying to be completely fair and balanced on it, I'm kinda of like, well, if the referee believes that, whether I agree with the referee's interpretation or not, then that should be a yellow and yet it didn't happen. So the referee was poor all round, in my opinion. It's one of those, it's one of those uh, things, I, I isn't it, Sam? I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you, mate. It's one of those things yeah. where if that had been anywhere else but the penalty area, then he's got... Also, oh, free kick. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's kind of... Uh, I think that's where fans get frustrated. I think that's where the annoyance comes in at referees. It's actually not so much that people make mistakes. Cause I think everybody can kind of appreciate that. But it's when it's inconsistent. Mm. So, like... Probably in that game, if we rewatched it, which I don't suggest we do, because I think that's a game just to shake our hands and move on from. Yeah. But I can guarantee you, similar situations to that where a player gets their body across, you know, body check someone throughout the game, probably four or five times, and it's a free kick. Mm. And yet, there's like this acceptable thing where defenders, for example, can shield a ball. You know, like when the ball's rolling out of play and practically launched the attacker out the way to do it. You know, yeah. Danny Rose did it in the game, and I'm like, how is that allowed? Yeah, if yeah. he did that on the halfway line, he's possibly even getting booked. Yeah, cool. And yet, it's like this kind of a convention in football that that's allowed. And to get a penalty, you basically got to really rip into someone, like the sun thing. Like to get a penalty, you've basically got to go in, studs shining. Yeah. A a gentle push doesn't get you a penalty. Now, if you think back to the World Cup, and when we saw VAR being implemented in that World Cup, think of the penalties that were being given for tussles in the box, people Mm. being pushed and pulled. 
And I'm kind of like, VAR's in the Premier League now. So I kind of thought this is what we were going to get. I was kind of thinking we're going to get an initial few weeks of the league this season is going to be a bit penalty crazy because everyone's going to be adjusting. Yeah. But it's like it's VAR has been implemented, but it's completely different. It's when, do you know, I don't know if you, you watch, uh, I sometimes watch it because it's literally no other football on, but sometimes watch that major league soccer in America. Uh, no, no, I don't watch much of it. Yeah, but I, I don't watch it that often, but, you know, occasionally it's on and yeah. they... That they're very much the referees. Well, the game very much feels like the World Cup did. That they're always yeah. consulting that screen in the middle of the pitch, aren't they? You know, they yeah. see the referee going there, but yeah. it hasn't felt like that's been the case in the Premier League. It feels like we've got a soft no. VAR, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's better or worse for that? Because I feel like this this halfway house is actually worse. Mm, yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? I, I I wonder whether they they haven't wanted to go the full hog. Because yeah. it would be such a major change for our game in in this country, but it, it would be. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you're going to bring in VAR, if you're going to bring in that technology, then mm. it kind of needs to be the, the whole hog, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Also, I got a question. I wonder what you think about this. So let's imagine like someone swings in a corner, and the, there's a handball. Right. Everyone appeals. The referee can't see it. VAR is checking it. Right. Mm. So that's going on. The team that have just handballed it break away and score at the other end, and they score before the VAR checks complete. It, it, now, it wouldn't be a goal, would it? it they'd have to, they'd have to well, disallow the goal. Well, well, this is where I'm confused because I always remember, and there's people listening to this possibly our age will remember as well, that basically the game, you know, played at a whistle was always a thing, but the game only stops the referee's whistle or a goal. And if a goal goes in and the referee stops the game, then technically anything that's happened in the build-up to that's kind of done, null and void. Mm. So I've all, I've been kind of curious about that because there's been a few times where I've seen like, oh, a massive appeal and you read a commentator and say, oh, VAR will check that. And I'm watching a team break and I'm thinking... Yeah, if they score. I yeah, really, yeah, yeah, I really want to see them score because I want to know what happens. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. It's bound I mean, to happen you, you, at some point, isn't it? Could you imagine it though? You'd go from absolute ecstasy to hell. You know, you've just <laughs> you sprinted just the length of the pitch, scored this <laughs> screamer of a goal. You're celebrating like mad and the referee goes, no, no penalty no, no, to the other actually, actually a penalty to the other <laughs> team. God, the guy, the guy who handballed it is like back there looking sheepish. Sorry, sorry, yeah, guys. But it's not even the, it's not even the players, like the fans. I mean, look, yeah. I the, the the Spurs Man City game. Obviously, we had yeah. VAR going our favour at the end, yeah. and there was that. Young, I don't know if you see the video. That young lad that's kind of, I think he he, he videoed himself at the, the, the Champions <laughs> yeah. League game as well, and he goes, "That's it. I'm never celebrating a goal again. I'm yeah. never celebrating yeah. a goal again." Yeah. And you can kind of. You can kind of understand. No, I, I do, I do, and that that was probably my biggest fear with VAR is that a goal would go in, and rather than me having that unbelievable kind of thank goodness, and I did have it a little bit in the Champions League last year. Like we'd score, I mean, like so for example, we scored that winner against Ajax, and I went mental. Yeah, you know? <laughs> everybody went mental, but then I did have this horrible pit of my stomach feeling of. Oh no! What VAR yeah. is yeah. checking it? Oh, you know, yeah. what, well, no, and and so it's kind of it, it is there, but I think perhaps over time that will go, because it's actually no different than scoring a goal, going mental, and then seeing the linesman's flag. It's just a little yeah. bit later. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it isn't actually any different. Um, I, I think the thing but, is, though, it ha- it happens very very rarely in that instance. Whereas with the VAR, it's ha- it's happening every week, isn't it? You're getting fans. It, 
going mad and then <laughs> it, it it is but that's in essence that's correcting the mistakes though isn't it mm. because technically if the you know if the referee sees a handball he should stop the game but you know how many times do you hear the ball at the back of the net and the ref goes no no goal yeah, because he yeah. pushed so and so or or you know the referee the linesman's got his flag up uh, sorry assistant referee I shouldn't say linesman <laughs> um but you see what i mean it's kind of like it's just an extension of that and it takes a little bit longer, but it is just an extension of that. And I think that's, we kind of need to stop thinking of it as like VAR, but it's just another ref. Yeah. It's just a referee looking at a monitor like we are, mm, and mm. he's just going to double check it. I think it is speed up. And I think over time that feeling will go because it would just be like, yeah, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Like, like if you saw an offside goal <laughs> rather than the absolute jubilation I mean don't get me wrong I inject it into my veins Pep Guardiola running down the touchline celebrating like mad then <laughs> falling over like his whole world's fallen out of his ass twice it's beautiful to me you know? it really is it's it, like it, I said it, last it really week so wouldn't it like I I never thought I'd, it'd be. A, I'd come to a point where I'm, I'm watching an opposition team score and, and enjoying it <laughs> it's, that's what it's like yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah I mean it is I think that I think the element of that for this season, especially, was because of what happened in Europe last year. Yeah, the fact that it happened again is just hilarious. It really is, isn't it? I mean, I'm dreading playing them again, man. I mean, they are just. I mean, they were fired up for that game, right? Yeah, you could tell by the way they played against us at their ground after what happened in Europe. They were fired up. You imagine what they're going to be like going into the next time we play them. They are yeah. just going to be steaming. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, I mean, we got yeah. I mean, we got to work it to our advantage. You know, try and wind them up a bit. But yeah, they they were. Yeah, that's that's going to be fun. Let's forget that. Let's forget <laughs> that. That's future problem. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, so the Arsenal game. Then I mean. Arsenal were always going to come back at us. It's a derby. Um, you know, teams are always going to have uh, things on top. But I think the thing that um, I don't know, right? But conceding that goal right before half time frustrated the hell out of me mm. because it kind of felt like I understand the way we want to play. I understand the playing out from the back now. Don't get me wrong, it's killing me. I think I've actually lost five years of my life so far because of it, and uh, it's, it's going to keep doing it, I know. But I do understand what we're trying to do, so okay, right, fair enough. What I don't understand is when it gets to like 44 minutes, 45 minutes, time added on, just lever it. Yeah, yeah, you know, completely. just You know, it is not about... At that point of the game, you're not going to be building any meaningful attacks, any possession, anything like that. You're 2-0 up. There is absolutely no advantage at all to trying to do what you're doing mm. at that moment mm. in the game. Mm. So get Sonny up on the shoulder, lever it over the top of their high line and just let Sonny run onto it. Give them something to think about. Find Rosette, do whatever. Just just don't do the stupid short passing thing. And a few people got on Davinson Sanchez and I've got to be honest with you, he's playing out of position for one. Um, the guy is still adapting to being good on the ball. He's improving without a shadow of a doubt, but it is really difficult <laughs> to go from playing a centre of defender to being a fullback. And by the end of the game, the guy was on his ass. Yeah, he looked a little because, lost out there, didn't he? Well, Arsenal just—I mean—they looked at that and went, "Brilliant, we'll run it in all mm, game." And I mean, mm. think about who was defending against the Bamyang, Lacazette. All of them just pulling out on him mm. all the time, and they are all of them are pacey. So he has had to run his ass into the ground to try and keep up with them. Mm. But the other thing I'd like to point out, and this is going to sound a little bit agenda-ish, but 
Um, do you remember the conversation we were having about the fans absolutely slamming Sanchez and his inability to mark and how Jan Vertonghen's the best defender in the world? Yep. Because he never, never would that happen with Jan in the team. Yeah. Everyone watched the Arsenal game, right? <laughs> Jan and Toby, central defensive pairing, and they got ripped apart twice, like hot, well, more than twice. They were lucky on a few occasions. Hot knife through butter. It, unfortunately, our defending as a unit has been poor for a while, and it needs to improve, regardless of personnel. Um, I think our fullback situation doesn't help. I, I don't think we've got... Um, I'm going to say something now. I don't think Danny Rose is playing very well. I think Danny Rose has got great energy, but his use of the ball has been really poor, again, for a while now. And his judgment in who to leave and when to cover seems to be like he, it's like he's lost it at the moment. Um, whether it's a concentration issue, a fitness issue, I don't know. But there are a number of times where he is clearly the man who's supposed to be covering because everyone looks around like, where's Danny gone? Mm, mm. Um, and he's just not there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned with that. I am concerned with uh, our fullback situation. I'm concerned with just defending as a unit. Um, yeah, it's not good right we, We've got Sessegnon due back soon, haven't we, that could, we uh, have, yeah. could slot into that yeah. sort of position yeah and, and we got we got Ben Davis who I rate um, uh, Ben Davis can get some game time for sure uh, but just um, it just feels a bit weird it just kind of like this have been a bit disjointed and yeah I don't know and the Arsenal Arsenal the other thing that Arsenal do under Emery is he makes really positive substitutions like he will look at a game and just go for it and there was about 10 to 15 minutes in that second half when they'd made, I think, two changes. I don't think we left our box. Mm. It was, like, relentless. It mm. was hell. It was awful to watch. But then once we weathered that and we came through it, we were the team looking most likely to win the game at the end. Yeah, sure. Um, so, it's you know, it's kind of like one of those things where... You can understand where our manager is thinking. He's like, well, if we can weather this, we got the players on the pitch, you can win it. <laughs> um, and that, and it nearly proved right if it hadn't have been for Sissoko. <laughs> I, I don't get that guy. He's, uh, he's Look, we, I know we've had so many conversations about him and he has really yeah. improved, but he, he just is... I know what we say, don't we, that he... He, he yeah. makes those runs, he gets into the positions yeah. and he just literally doesn't know what to do when he's there, does well, he? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if he, he shoots and it goes out for a throw-in, I mean, yeah. that's, that sums him up, I suppose. But, uh, like, yeah, I, I'm at a loss. <laughs> just, even Martin Tyler, during the commentary for the North London Derby, when a ball was on its way to Sissoko, he said, looks like Sissoko's going to shoot, this could go anywhere. <laughs> I mean that's uh, really. <laughs> he's not lying. He's not. He's not. He's being he, honest. He is <laughs> absolutely spot on. But you don't want to hear that. It's like, oh, dude. Um, now um, we have some questions on our Facebook page, by the way. Um, I did a post today, just you know, like, hey, anyone want to hear us chat some stuff? And I think a couple of them uh, relate to the North London Derby. Okay. So, so what I'll do is I'll go there now, um, and then we'll. Uh, we'll see what they got to say. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, 
Right then, so we are heading to our Facebook page. If you're listening to this and you've never been to our Facebook page, it is facebook.com slash Spurs News. Um, we put posts on there constantly, daily, with all Tottenham-related content. I sound sort of like I know what I'm doing when I say stuff like so that. You're very professional there, Sam. I did. Very carrot crunchery. Okay, <laughs> so... First up, we have Martin Downey. Martin says, is the pressure on Poch? Um, fair question. I think given a, given our situation, what do you think, mate? Do you think there's some pressure on him right now? I, I may have to disagree with you, Sam. I don't think it's a fair question, to be honest. I, I, oh, okay. we, we're, we're, we're four games in. you know, and, and I know if you look at the, the overall over the last few months, we haven't been playing too well. And I know there's that stat that he brought up in the podcast last time. You know how yeah. how badly we've been, but look, he's 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 good, made some good signings that haven't really bedded in at the moment. But but I think we'll start seeing them as the season goes on. And yeah. look, we've been to we've been to away we've played away to Arsenal, away to Man City. These are, these last season, they're games we both lost. So you know we've improved yeah. already on on the results from last season in those two games. I know we had the disappointing defeat against Newcastle, but yeah. you know we had we had some we had, we had a. You're always going. To, you're always going to get a port. Like Man City lost at home to Palace last season, didn't they? So you're going to have the they odd did. freak result. It's it's such early days at the moment. It's four games in. I just I don't understand it. I mean, my, my dad. My dad. I know I always. You know, well, I say always, but I, I mention occasionally about my dad and how, yeah. how pessimistic he is. He's a very pessimistic person. <laughs> very looks at the negative of everything. Does Does he listen? By the yeah, way, I don't know if I don't think he does. And even if he does, he, no. he I tell him it all the time. You know, but um, but he phoned me up after the Arsenal game. He said, "Right, that's it. Poch needs to be gone by the morning." And I was like, "Are you actually serious?" He's like. Yes. Well, plenty of people are, yeah. But I, I don't, I, I, I don't personally understand it because, look, it, it's it's such it's so early in the season, and it's disappointing that we we drew the game when we were two nil up. But when yeah. when has it ever been easy to when has it ever been easy to go to the Emirates? When, like, it's not like we no, win. No, it's not no, like we win no. there every season. No, you know, no, we've had. No, I don't. I um, you know, I'm I'm not thinking so much off the back of the last two games or anything. I'm I'm thinking more six years in charge. Um and it I th- again, this is devil's advocate now, not necessarily my opinion, but I think the the general feeling is we feel like we've stagnated. It feels like we're not actually moving forward. But what's what is it what's giving you that feeling, Sam? The the, the first four games of the season is that what's giving you the feeling? Um Again, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying this is me, um, but I, I think it's more just the, the way we're playing. So you're not so much focusing on results as more just when was the last time you felt that we were playing well as a team, defending well. Certainly hasn't happened for a long time. Um, scoring goals. I mean, Harry Kane hasn't really been in the goals properly for uh, you know a couple a couple of seasons now. There's lots of fitness things, obviously, loads of other factors, but I think. I think I, I I understand why some people are feeling like something needs to change. And I don't necessarily think that people are so much sack the manager, get a new manager. I know some are, which, you know, okay, if that's, <laughs> that's that's your solution to everything. But I think there's, there is just a growing feeling of it feels like we're stuck in a rut. And like you said a minute ago, we have actually made signings now. Um, and it's infinitely possible after the international break we will look rejuvenated and all of a sudden everyone will be like ah we are moving forward and that feeling will shift but I I can understand why right now 
people are feeling a bit like we feel stuck we feel kind of like we're not moving forward whereas other teams seem to be constantly going forward yeah no I, I guess I guess I see it from that point of view but I mean you've got Deli Ali that's been, you know Deli's been out for uh, he's just coming back now into the squad you've yeah. got Ericsson like you said who looks like now his short term future's kind of Sounds like it's been yeah, decided. It, he it hopefully looks like he's going to put. Yeah, so in, if yeah. he's putting the effort in, uh, we've got like we say, we, we missed Sonny for the first couple of games. I, I th- we've got our signings to come in as well. I mean, I think like you, you mentioned it earlier, you touched on it earlier, but Undombele, even though he, we've only just signed him, I, I feel like yeah, we, we're missing yeah, him already. You know, if if we had I him th- in, the, I think he's going to be a big player for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. and Cessignon as well. I mean, we forget about Cessignon, don't we? I mean, he's an ex- yeah. he's an exciting young player. And yeah. once he gets into the team, then I, I feel like we'll f- we'll have that rejuvenation that that that, that yeah. we, we feel and, like and we've been lacking, you know. And that and that feeling, you know, will change. Um, yeah. So okay, all right. I think we've answered that quite nicely. Um, Matt Hope uh, says Arsenal faults. Uh, he feels that Hugo was immense. Stavinson just needs time to mould. Rush decisions, but that comes with playing time, as you mentioned last week. Maybe we're one wing back short. It's a blow throwing away a two nil lead at the library, but I've taken a point before the match. Mm-hmm. So similar to what me and you said. Really. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm sure we can get there at the lane and finish with four points from them. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll beat them at our ground. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the start of our season? A lot of people are <laughs> whinging, but realistically, I don't think it's that bad. No. Newcastle result was a massive blow, but that's football, and they set up with ten or eleven men in the box. Um. I think Matt just basically echoed what you said, is it? I you? completely agree Matt, with him. Matt, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Matt stick together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's completely. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said. Uh, I'm going to check to see if this guy called me a carrot puncher. <laughs> yeah. So you, you Matt's all together. Um, I think the thing that he said there uh, about the um the, the way Newcastle played, um, yeah, you're right. That is how they played, but we do need to work out how to beat that um, because. Teams worked that out against us last season, and it's oh god, it's hell. <laughs> yeah, completely. But like, yeah, but, but I think I mentioned it like, uh, when we when we spoke about the game. I think and Dombele, if it had been in that team, make a difference. It would have made I agree. a difference. No, yeah. no, I agree. Uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as Stepin Stefan. Um, has says, have we been worked out? And that's funny, that's what we were just saying. The likes of City, Liverpool, United come and attack us, give us space to attack them, but the teams outside of the top six go for a quick goal and shut up shop. It's always been um, like that though, isn't it, Sam? It's always yeah, been like it. I mean, we, we discussed it last week. Um, he says, is it a mental issue from the players or a tactical stubbornness from Pochettino? Um it's, it's, it's just one of it's, it's just one of the, it's just how they like these t- like it's it, it, it's really I really don't want to sound like I'm being derogatory towards these clubs, but mm. these clubs need to be in the Premier League, don't they? And they know when they yeah. come to come to come to play us, they know that matchiness isn't going to work, is it? You know, you can't look, you can't come look, to our ground and match Bournemouth us. Look what tried to do for a few seasons, yeah. and we spanked them every time. Absolutely, it, it won't work. Do it, it, <laughs> it won't work. They're 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 looking at it that sharp shop hope hope to nick a goal but if we don't then hopefully we can then come away with a draw that's the, yeah. that's the worst case scenario if we shut up shop hopefully the worst yeah. will come away and if we do concede then just write the game off you know yeah but but no. uh, and, and, and and all like clubs like you know like to Watford Newcastle Bournemouth now you know those kind of clubs that's what they that's what they do and it's n- it's never been any different that's just what they do no, but I, um, I, I think back to sort of Stefan's point he, he's kind of feeling like um 
Uh, again, this is something I'm, you, we, you, so you read the page like I do. It's sort of like a bit of a consensus is that we don't... I mean, it's the dreaded plan B thing for me, but it's kind of like we don't seem to be able to break that down. And I, I, again, like you said, and I think your point's really valid, is we have signed players to address that. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, we've just not seen them yet. So it's going to be really interesting, again, after the international break, um, Undombele, uh, Lo Celso, uh, Sessegnon even, just to see if that does make the impact we're thinking it will. Mm. Um but I, I agree with you. I, I think Ndombele is like a deeper line. He has the all the ability of Dembele, but he also has that ability for a real cutting pass as well, yeah. which Dembele didn't. Yeah. And I, I've seen it a fair few times from him already, just a real smart pass, but he also brings the ball forward. Um, I think he could make a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, Kane on the last shoulder, knowing that this guy could find him, rather than sort of winks... Because Wink, Winks, that isn't his game. Winks is about picking the ball up, moving it. You know, no. just constantly being available for a pass and just constantly shifting the ball, which I love about him. You know, his work rate's phenomenal. And what people are sort of like, oh, you know, he, he completes however many passes, but they're all sideways. Against Newcastle, he was basically trying to be a creative role, but with a wall in front of him. <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, keep the ball. Mm. Keep the ball's better than losing the ball. Mm. Um, so that's what he kept doing. I mean, it was funny that Newcastle United completed five more passes than Harry Winks did in that game. God, that's incredible. On his own. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But it kind of sums up what we need to be able to break that. And like you've said, and I agree with you, I think the players are going to do it. So although I know people are kind of getting on us at the moment, Stefan, um, I think the manager has addressed that issue. We've just not been able to see it yet. He's not been able to implement it, has he? Has it no. No, that's, that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. Not been able to implement mm. it yet. Um, Hilary... Oh, hell, I can't say your name, brother. Um, Hilary Dumkwu? I've said that awfully. I know I have. Bloody carrot cruncher. <laughs> no, one, no one should listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. He says, We are now settled. Hopefully after the international break we start winning. We need to improve on our winning mentality and character. Um... Yeah, I suppose it's difficult to not sort of say, yeah, we do need to sort that out because. Um... I, th- I think he's got. The, I think he's uh, Pochettino's got the attitude right within the club. I think they've all their their mentality and the, and their, their their kind of where they want to be. I think they're all on the same page. In, in you know, so I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. But it, it's just, yeah, it's just not happening. At, you know, from... it, you know, success breeds success. Yeah. You get on a you know momentum in sports massive. You start winning and then then it just breeds it. Uh, Liam Hickey says, "What does the future hold in terms of players that can sign pre contracts in January?" Um, right now it's quiet because obviously the transfer window across Europe's finally closed. Their players have gone off on international duty, and I think. Christian Eriksen speaking to the Danish media summed it up brilliantly when he just basically said, no, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at the end of last season, I said I wanted to go to, you know, basically said I wanted to go to Spain and play football in Spain because that's what I've always wanted to do. It hasn't happened. So, uh, you know, it's done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to think about it anymore. I've always said I was happy at Tottenham, you know, and I'm going to carry on playing there. Um, so yeah, I think he summed up well. There's a lot of press reports at the moment that Toby and the club could be coming to an agreement on a new deal. I still can't. I still don't see that happening. 
Um, you know, I've not heard anything more than I for ages ago, but the guy will earn decent money by you know by leaving on a free. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. Unless something it's unlikely, has changed, it? it just doesn't yeah. seem right. Yeah. Uh, Jan, up until the start of this season and whatever the hell was going on, I thought was nailed on to sign a new deal. Now I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, so at the moment there's there's nothing on that, and I, and I'd like to think that we'll get a good bit of uh, a good bit of time before those rumours start again. Um, but of course, it won't happen. <laughs> the minute they come back, someone the next press conference, someone's bound to say, "Hey, you know, when are you leaving?" Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to one yeah, of them. But, absolutely. Uh, next comments from Alpesh. Uh, Alpesh says the form the club has been in is truly shocking. I still think, as a club, with the experience we have been through the last three seasons, um, why, with the predicted revenues, are we acting like a small club? Is Mauricio Pochettino been given the funds to really push on? What's the point of a big revenue stadium not really performing yet on the field? Is it a matter of time, or is it when Eric, um, sorry, when Lewis sells the club, Enoch, I think he meant Enoch, Joe Lewis sell the club, um, will they profit from the Tottenham project? Okay, there's quite a lot there to unpack. Um, I'm a little bit confused why Ape says uh, we're acting like a small club. I mean, didn't we spend, was it like 120, 130 million on those three signings? I mean, we broke our transfer record to, like, to bring Dembele yeah. in, didn't we? I know Lo Celso's on loan, but we've got yeah, the option yeah. to, to buy him. And... In, uh, in in air quotes. We yeah, were, uh, of course. And... We, we were very mean to Paris Saint-Germain on that deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, F him. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. I think this window's the first window we've shown any ambition in a decade. Mm. Um, like like real ambition. I know we've been signing players in the past and stuff like that, but this um this this window was different for us actually spending money. Um we talk about the revenues and you know, why aren't we pushing on from that? Um it's it's an interesting thing because we we do have uh, an increased revenue stream for the club, which is massive. But at the same time, we do have a stadium debt now, which we never had before. Now, the club, when it comes to Daniel Levy and managing the finances of the club, I think people need to realise that guy is so smart with that. Um, I, I work in financial services. That is my uh, my area. And so I read a lot of the financial stuff with the club. And I know for a fact that he has already moved that debt and managed to shave money off of it by simply currency trading it. Wow. <laughs> uh, the guy is smart with this. And he is not going to just sit there and go, oh, we got a loan for 10 years. It's going to cost us this every month. You know, let's pay it. He is going to be active and move it around and shift it and you know, a portion of the debt's been put into bonds and stuff like that. And he he's, yeah, that that's kind of his arena. So for me, my, my only criticism of Daniel ever has been, I don't like it when he gets involved on the football side. Like, for example, Daniel Levy should not be signing a football player. Not, not as in like he doesn't sign the check. I mean, he shouldn't be the one going, oh yeah, he seems a good deal, let's sign him. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, that that's only that's only ever been my my thing. That's that's kind of like no, I, I don't do that because 
it's it's like uh, Mauricio Pochettino wouldn't walk into his office and go right, okay, what are the interest rates interest rates like in China right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it it wouldn't work. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's my only real critique there. But um, the, the, sorry, going back to what Alpes said, there's there's a real misconception about um, spending and what you can and cannot do. Uh, but I think I can actually give a really good example here, Pesh, and that's actually Liverpool. Last season, Liverpool massively spent, and they you look at that and you go, well, they, they really did well out of it. They finished second in the league, just, you know, by far and away one of the best sides in this country. Only two teams in this country really ever looked like winning the league. Mm. Uh, and they won the Champions League um, by a really lucky, fluky final, <laughs> but but they won the Champions League. Which, to be fair, you know, they deserved. They did very well in the Champions League two seasons in a row. Uh, you know, runners-up and spent the money and they won it. They didn't spend this season. And the reason for that is because they spent last. And they now have to balance their books. The Champions League money from winning it, for example, was only a little bit more than what we got for being runner-up. Mm. But that goes into their accounts this year. When FIFA audit it now, that is being used to balance what they spent last year. Now, what we have done is we've spent, but we've done it in a way that we're still within our means. We're still within our budget for the season, which means technically, come January, we could spend that again. Come next summer, we could spend that again. But we're always living within our means. Now, that's just the way Enoch run the club. Um, a different owner could gamble. A different owner could say, right, we're going to spend 100 million on a keeper, 200 million on two fullbacks, you know, Undombele, La Celso, let's go for it. Let's go mad. But the issue you've got then is, let's say, you know, a few bad results and we don't make it through the Champions League group stages. In England, top four is not guaranteed for anybody. Even Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp say that all the time. They, you know, they're fighting for the title, but they know that top four is not guaranteed in England ever. So the Champions League money is never guaranteed. You imagine you spend that, and all of a sudden you're in a Leeds United position. Mm. That is exactly what happened to Leeds. Leeds United owners looked at it and went, "Right, we're right up there. We're right on the brink. Let's go for it." They spent like crazy. And when you spend that kind of money on those players as well, you've got to remember, you're not just spending that money in a sort of transfer fees and one-off fees. You're increasing your wage structure at the club massively as well. You know, you spend $100 million on a player, that player wants to earn 200 300 grand a week nowadays. You've got Harry Kane and other players in the squad that have got contracts that basically say they're going to stay within the top earners of the club at all times. So your whole thing gets lifted up. And what happened at Leeds, which everybody should know, but if you don't, is they went for it and they failed. And then they didn't have the money anymore. Mm. <laughs> and that club literally failed and went into freefall. When Enoch bought us and Daniel Levy was put in charge, I remember one of the very first things I ever read with him saying in the press, he was basically like, that terrified him. You know, he's a Tottenham fan. <laughs> and he's like, that terrifies me. And he refers to himself as a custodian all the time. He refers to himself as, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. But what I want to do is when I hand this club on to somebody else to take the club forward again, you know, it's like the new stadium's built. The, you know, the club's in a financial footing, which is solid, not in debt. You know, all of these things. So he sees that as kind of his 
his mission, his raison d'etre. As a fan, you know, we don't cheer the bank balance. We try and cheer trophies and victories and stuff like that. So I completely understand why, as fans, we're kind of like, oh, just go for it, just spend it. But just recently, seeing Bury kicked out of the Football League, you know, Bolton, who were in the Premier League for a long time, a club that I remember going to their stadium thinking, this is not bad, mm. are, were on the brink. Football, if you go for it and miss, is a very, <laughs> it's very fragile. Very quickly can go wrong. Um, so I understand the way the club's operated. I get it frustrates the crap out of people, but... To me, I, I sit back and I look at it and go, yeah, I get it. And this transfer window this summer, we broke all of our records in every sense. We've increased our wage stru- structure across the club again. We've broken our transfer record, not once, but actually twice when the Celso's finalised, because that deal is done. It's just, you know, <laughs> a loan initially. So I'm not sure that can be criticised. I don't think we can be accused of not going for it. I think perhaps the Man City and then previously Chelsea have kind of changed people's ideas of what going for it is. Because, you know, Man City spent £120 million on two players again this summer. It's exciting, did they it? Did they need to do that? No. Do, do, you know, did they do it? Because, hey, why not? You know, oh, one of our central defenders, you know, Vincent Company retired. Oh, OK, we'll just spend £70 million on a new central defender. Yeah. And that's because Man City are funded by the oil wealth of a nation. They can do that. We can't. Um, so, yeah. I, I do think that sometimes it's a case of we have to look at it and go, within our means, we have gone for it. It might not be by definition of the comparative to other clubs, but for our standards, my God, did we go for it this summer. Mm. In my opinion, anyway. No, I agree, mate. I agree. And well said. Yeah, oh, thank you, thank you. It, it did feel it did feel like I'd gone a little bit lectury halfway. No, but I, I um, just, I, it's one of those things, isn't it? Where you, you know, it's like you said, you can understand the frustrations, but you just have to put a bit of realism on it all, don't you? And kind of just yeah. see it for what it actually is, as opposed to, you know, it's a bit like Christian Eriksen talking the other day. I know you said he, he refuses to talk to the press now, but the, the, yeah, but he did say about it, he wishes he was like football manager, you know, yeah, and and, yeah. I, and I think a lot of fans possibly see like supporting a club a bit like football manager but there's so much more to it isn't there than, oh massively yeah yeah massively so much more to it and you know we, we I think the big thing as well and this goes back to the Pochettino thing you know we were talking about you know six years in charge feels like we're kind of stale well his first five years in charge were kind of uh, do what you can. You're going to have next to no budget, and we're building this stadium. And all I want you to try and do is keep us in Europe. It wasn't Champions League; mm. it was keep us in Europe. He overachieved during that time, and now the stadium's built. And now Project Two, or as Pochino says, you know, Version Six for him, <laughs> the sixth year, is about moving on and winning stuff. Mm. And it's funny, I mean, football's a funny thing, because like that Newcastle game, the Arsenal draw, end of the world, apocalyptic, people are furious. And yet, we finished this season winning the FA Cup and the League Cup, or one of them even, this season's great. Well, that's the thing, I mean, that's the thing, <laughs> I, I was at the, um, 
I was at the the, the the Wolves game last season at Wembley when they yeah. beat us 3-1 and it was a horrible, oh, yeah. horrible game, horrible game. Yeah, and... yep. didn't play well. But then, you know, fast forward a, f- a few months in the, in the final of the Champions League, it's all forgotten, isn't it? Yeah, 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 you're spot on, mate. And this, and that's the nature of football. So we've got one last thing here before we wrap up. Uh, Stephen Peace has messaged the page uh, for the podcast. He says, I hope I'm not too late for the podcast. No, you're not. You're just on time. <laughs> uh, but can Pochettino really blame the transfer window for our indifferent start and unsettled environment? Surely it's relative to every other Premier League club too, and the fact that some clubs have started way better than us. I, I, I think he can. I, I, I don't... I just think it's one of those things that it's irrelevant really how teams are doing and you know you can't just say oh mm. we're doing badly that means the the the, the that transfer the problem with the the, the later you know window shutting elsewhere it means that we're struggling it's yeah. just something that's affecting the entire premier league i think and i i i think i don't i don't think Pochettino could use it as an excuse for possibly us not winning all our first four games but, he, yeah. but I, I think he's well within his rights to complain about it. Yeah, no, I, I think the thing is as well, is like other teams have started, well, other teams don't have players running down their contracts. Mm. Um, other other clubs, I mean, another example of a player this summer, and it's a story that I think is going to do the rounds pretty soon anyway. Serge Aurier came back and said, I want to leave. Uh, the club said, okay. Um, in essence, he's transfer listed. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he wanted to go. Postina's like... We've sold Trippier, but yeah, to be honest with you, I think I can do better. Mm. <laughs> Off you go. Um, and he has tried everything to leave. He flew out on his own dime to meet with clubs, to meet with people, to basically do like fitness tests and stuff with them. He couldn't get a move. Um, I think the best he got was a loan offer from Monaco, which we weren't interested in because, you know, with Kyle Walker-Peters now injured as well, at this late hour... It's like, no, we're not letting you leave now <laughs> mm. because this late hour we're short on right backs. And let's face it, the fans would go mental if we did that. The, you know, the last minute of the transfer window, yeah, our only fit right back, off he goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- there was a lot going on. You know, everyone just thinks that when Pochettino was referencing, um, you know, unsettled players, it was Ericsson. It wasn't. You got to remember, Pochettino told Wanyama and Danny Rose, two players who he's ridiculously close to and considers friends, they can go. He told them both to go and find new clubs. Neither of them did. Neither, both of them are still there with two years left to run on their deals. You know, we agreed a fee with Club Bruges from Wanyama, and he rejected it. He wanted more money. Mm. So he's got players there who he sat down and had that. You know, imagine you're breaking up with a girl or or a man. Depending on the way you, you know, depending on who you are, your orientation. But you're breaking up with someone and you're like, look, you know, it's not going to work anymore. I know we've had this great time over the last five, six years, but, you know, it's just not anymore. You're not the one for me. I want somebody else. But I'll see you Monday because we're still going to work together every single day and see each other nine till five. That's awkward as hell. Mm. So basically what he's done is he's had these conversations with these players and then he's had like the summer break and come back. They're all still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's the awkwardness like, that comes with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here, are we? I mean, you couldn't. I mean, like, we went off on tour leaving Danny Rose behind because he was hoping to get a move. 
we then come back from the tour and the dude's still sat there like no no i decided to stay oh oh, oh good i mean we've not signed ryan sassignon and kept ben davis for you know for funsies this is awkward <laughs> yeah and it, and it kind of I, I think for a while i think now the window's closed and it's kind of like he's going to do what he did last year which is right clean slate everybody <laughs> yeah. Um. You know the, that thing's closed now. We don't have to think about that again till first of January. So bang, no one's going to think about it. Of course, the issue comes as well because there's a lot of players who are in talks over new deals or extensions. So it is in the change rooms. It's going to get talked about. <laughs> mm. Um. It's like impossible to stamp out. But yeah. So, so going back to the actual question, just to wrap up. Um. I think he has. I think he has got a justification to point to that. Um. I, I get that other clubs have started well, but other clubs haven't had to deal with the same thing we have. Uh. So yeah. And also, we've not started badly. The Newcastle result. If imagine that result was a win. We'd have started the season with two wins and two draws, and those two draws were away to Man City and Arsenal. We'd have all just been over the moon with that and taken that Absolutely. Back without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. I completely agree. The, new, the Newcastle game, yeah, we lost, but that game could have so easily ended up like the Villa game. You know, mm. five more minutes on the clock, it could have been 2 1 us, 3 1 us. It just it was like a matter of time. They they managed to hang on, whereas Villa didn't. Is mm. the reality? Yeah, sure. Um, so it, frustrating as that is, it, it's not. It's not the end of the world. And now the international break, you know, fate's willing. Everyone comes back fit. We will have the other players fit. And for you know, like I said, Pochettino can go right. Everyone clean slate. We go forward from here. This is where the season starts for us. Forget those first four games happened. And I think I think then we might start to see, as he put it, Spurs 6.0. Um, we'll start to see this new thing moving forward. But I I don't want to judge us really on what we've seen so far. I want to I want to judge us on the next phase after this international break. Champions League begins. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Red Star. I'm looking Belgrade. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm delighted. Yeah. I I remember watching them years ago because Marseille played them in a final and Chrissy Waddle was playing for Marseille. Oh my god. That's how old I am, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> uh but mate, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. Um so a big thank you to everybody for listening. Um trust that you are still listening after I talked about how I can stalk you now with my new data. <laughs> um it'd be interesting to see how many people switched off and destroyed their devices. Freaking out and treading on <laughs> yeah. their headphones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, about nine minutes in, people smash their device. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, especially that lady. Yeah, hey, I can see you. Uh, but no, all joking aside, a big thank you to everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Do get in touch. It's sam at spursnews.co.uk. Uh, drop me an email with any suggestions on the shirt giveaway or anything else for the show. Call me a carrot cruncher, whatever you like. Just get in touch. Uh, but we will be back next week. Take care, Sam. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. And remember, to dare is to do.